right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're certainly glad that you're here this morning. You've taken a little time out to uh, worship with us. We're in a series called Building Strong Families. Families are the basis of society. And we're really talking about values that, are, that will make our families stronger. And so we'll just take a minute here and go over the last uh, three or four that we've already covered. See, back on Mother's Day, we talked about honoring our parents. We said honoring parents honors the God who honors you, uh, no matter what age you are, what age your parents are, if you still have them here on earth, mine are no longer with us, but uh, I have a mother-in-law, we can, I can honor her. Uh, so that's really important, a value to have to build a strong family. Uh, the next week we talked about putting God first, wherever you want to succeed in life, not just in your family, but in your work life, your finances, whatever, ever, ever. You want to succeed, and He will provide what I need or you need. So that's really important value or principle to have in your family. Uh, thirdly, uh, what did we talk about? Uh, talked about the Sabbath, uh, setting aside a one day apart out of seven to do something different. Of course, worship is a, uh, a could, be, could be and should be a part of that. Uh, you can set it apart, or you're going to fall apart. We're not just wired to run 24-7. We need to have breaks. Uh, and then I think it was last week, maybe? Yes, last week we talked about the importance of fidelity in uh, your marriages, relationships. Cheaters never win. Winners never cheat. We're faithful to our, our families, our spouses and families, etc. Today we have a new topic, and these are all based on God's top ten list, we call it, or ten commandments. Today's topic or value is integrity. In valuing integrity. A couple of years ago, unfortunately, a couple of men broke into our church and stole some things. The first time they did that, we were able to recover the things like the next day, the police did. And they broke in and stole some other stuff, and we never received that. They broke in some other churches. They were caught, and I think they're all been sentenced, and they're probably in, in prison right now. <clears throat> we would call them, for any better word, a thief, right? Or thieves because they took stuff that didn't belong to them, our stuff, other churches' stuff. Uh, but they're thieves. You and I aren't. We wouldn't put ourselves in the same category with them, most likely, would we? It's interesting, though, the, the word steal has like 100-plus <laughs> synonyms. There's all kinds of ways that we, as creative individuals, have come up with stealing things. And uh, so... There is one of the top, God's top ten list, put it up here. It says simply, you must not steal. So is that something we can just skip over because we don't break into churches? <laughs> I, I don't think so. If it's in the top ten list, it must be pretty important. It probably has application for everybody, includes you and I. So I thought of some ways we steal, and most of us probably don't do most of these things, but probably all of us do some of these things or have done some of these things. So first, how do we steal? Uh, we steal in sales. <clears throat> this goes all the way back to the Old Testament, way back beginning of time. There's laws about, hey, make sure you, your weights or measures are accurate. You know, so when you buy a pound of something, you get a pound. You don't get eight-tenths of a pound or so forth. Been going on since mankind <laughs> has existed. <clears throat> Other ways we do that, repairmen come and uh, repair things they don't need to, put parts on they don't need to, or you take your stuff to them. That's the way that people steal. I had a good experience. We had a 
our freezer didn't work and called the guy, he came and fixed it, a couple hundred bucks, of course, but about a month later, it stopped working a couple weeks ago, and I called him up, and he came, and I happened to be there, and uh, no bill. He repaired it again without charging me anything, so I thought that was cool. Uh, doctors, uh, they cheat by ordering tests or steal by ordering tests that aren't necessary. I had my knee scoped a few years ago, uh, had to have an MRI first, and so I go to the MRI place, and, and they said it will be like a thousand bucks, and I said, well, I'm going to pay for it myself. I don't have typical insurance, and they said it will be 500 bucks. So does it cost 500 bucks, or does it cost a thousand bucks? I don't know, but uh, that's, that's up to them. Uh, salesman. If you're in sales, hopefully you're, you're not a salesperson, but salesman will talk about the good things, not tell you about the bad things, skip over some of the details. The thing that really aggravates me is what I call fees. They, you, go, you go order something, buy something, it costs this much. And then you go to go buy it, and then there's this fee for this, and this fee for this, and fee for this. And then it didn't really cost that much, it cost this much. Uh, I don't think that's being uh, selling with integrity. Uh, probably all sold a used car, right, in our lifetime. Uh, do we tell the person that bought it? Did I tell you every, all the problems with the van you just bought? <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, I sold a car once that the, the trunk leaked. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't figure out how to fix it. Micah probably could have fixed it, but I couldn't fix it. And so I told the person when I sold them, I'm sorry, you know, if you buy this car, but the trunk leaks. We've got to, you know, not cheat in, in keeping back information. Real estate's a really interesting area. You know, what is a starter home? Sounds pretty cool, right? Starter home was probably some little house with one bedroom and one bathroom, right? Or how about a fixer-upper, right? Uh, it's probably just a shack or a dump, right? But that's, that's creative uh, salesmanship, I guess. Is that selling with integrity? So sales is an area that we may uh, not be honest. Uh, secondly, at work. At work. Uh, different ways we do that is, for example, uh, coming in late, going home early, taking an extra long lunch break, extra long coffee break, uh, or even when you're working, or you're really working, or you're daydreaming, or playing on your phone, <laughs> or doing something else, are you giving your employer eight hours work for eight hours pay? Uh, have you got an expense account, which I kind of have one at the church, do you pad it? Do you spend more if, some, if the company's paying for it than if you would buy it or pay for it yourself? Uh, that's the way we, we uh, don't have integrity at work. Another area is uh, stealing, stealing or taking stuff. I always like to use the illustration of paper clips. If you took one paper clip every day, <laughs> how many paper clips would you have? Paper clip doesn't cost much. But after years and years and years, you'd have a lot of paper clips. Uh, so work is one way. Another area is money, which is obvious. Uh, we've probably all lent money to somebody and never got it back, right? In fact, the Bible says it's best to just give it to them. Don't even loan it. Family and relatives are the, and friends are the worst, right? I've got people in Portugal 25 years ago still owe me money. i obviously never going to see it. Uh, Jocelyn... Robin are building a house. We met with the architect this week, and after, he's been drawing draw, drawings, and we haven't paid him much, they haven't paid him much money. And they ask. I appreciate the fact that they ask. Can we pay you some more money? He said, yeah, give me some $500 more or whatever. And he told us his story. 
he drew up these plans with this couple, and as each stage, he would ask for money, and, and the man would say the woman would send it, the woman said the man would send it, and then the, the old, it's in the mail. Uh, eventually, he never got paid anything, but of course, he never gave him the plans, but he did all the work. Um, wages. Somebody worked for you, and you not paid them, or you not paid them a fair wage for what they did, or have you held back and paid it late? So we... Or don't show integrity in the area of money sometimes. Uh, that leads me to the next area, probably a biggie for most of us, borrowing. Borrowing. <clears throat> I have a lot of tools. Look in your garage. What do you have in your garage that doesn't belong to you? I borrow tools a lot, and I try and keep track. I mean, not, we don't always do this deliberately, but, you know, I've got tools. Uh, I've got a bunch of tools of Melvin's, but I try and keep track of those, and if he wants them back, he usually asks me for them. But anyway, and we borrow books and we borrow DVDs. I have a DVD for somebody in this church. They're not here this morning. I will get it back to you. I promise. Um, dishes, all kinds of things we borrow from people. And most of the time with good intention to return them, but often they don't get returned. Uh, I was in our small group last Sunday night. I don't know if they're here this morning or not, but... Uh, I needed a pen, and they said, oh, there's one of those church pens that we borrowed from church. I said, no, no, no long-term borrowing. No, those pens you can keep. They're kind of like advertising. Uh, they're not, you know, stealing. We give them to you. But that was their response. It was a long-term term borrow from the church. So the borrowing area, and we'll get talked about that again a little bit later. How about uh, how do we steal with our talking? Really, really important uh, how many people's reputation have we stolen by gossiping, saying negative things about them? Maybe even stolen their friends uh, by trying to get them to like you and, and, and not liking somebody else. So we steal with our talk. The next one's an obvious one. We steal in our, with taxes. Now, getting all the honest deductions you can when you fill out your taxes is great. You should do that. But if you fudge the figures, it's not only stealing, it is illegal. You could get arrested for it. You certainly could get fined for it. So taxes is one area. Another area is, last but not least, is God. And there's this guy writing in the Old Testament, and he says, hey, you guys are stealing from God. And the people say, hey, how do we steal from God? We can't really steal from God. God's up there. We're down here. He says, you steal from God with your tithes and offerings. God's a tithe says 10%. You're supposed to give God 10%. It was a law back in the Old Testament. Um, <clears throat> why 10%? I don't know. That's what God said, I gave everything. You, you got everything you got, you got from me. I just asked you give me back 10% of it. Not a bad deal, right? You get to keep 90%. Um, but why? It's ingratitude, right? Gratitude for what God is doing. So when you and I don't, uh, when you go out to lunch with your tithe money this afternoon, you are breaking the Eighth Commandment. Uh, I'm not saying that. God's saying that, right? So most of us, if not all of us, are guilty of one or more of these areas of not having, showing integrity. So why should we be honest. Why should we value integrity? Let me give you a couple reasons, I think. First, we are being watched. You're being watched. You know, when you, if you cheat on your taxes, you hope nobody catches it. If you cheat uh, uh, some other, where, other area or 
you know, take something from work or don't work a full bunch of hours, you, you, you hope nobody sees you, right? But you are being watched. For example, I stay, spend a night in a hotel and I take the towels home with me. I've never done this, but say I did this. If I knew that the headlines in the newspaper the next day was Pastor Alan Youngbar steals tell, towels from the local hotel, would I take the towels? No, I wouldn't take the towels. The only reason you and I do this is because we don't think we're going to get caught. Obviously, we, if we did, we wouldn't do it. Of course, Satan kind of whispers in our ears, uh, you're not going to caught, get caught, nobody's going to know, or your employer doesn't pay you enough anyway, or, or the government taxes us too much. You know, you get all these little thoughts in your head. Well, you might be able to fool the government. You might be able to fool your employer. Who can you not fool? Who sees everything? And if you're a Jesus follower, you believe, we believe that God sees everything, right? So, uh, God sees. Now, those of you who are parents, guess who sees? The little, little ones, right? If grandparents like me, the little ones, they see. And it makes me think of this uh, old adage, put that up there. Values are caught, not taught. You can tell your kids anything you want, but what are they going to learn? What they see you do. You know, they're 15 years old and you go speeding down the highway and you tell them, hey, when you get your driver's license, don't ever go over the speed limit. What are they going to do when they get their driver's license? Drive faster probably than you did, right? Values are caught, not taught. Your children are watching you. It's a big reason you want to have a strong family to show integrity. So what is your lifestyle showing your children? The greatest gift you can give your kids is a life of integrity, of values. Now, another area of group of people that are watching you and I, if you're a Jesus follower, really, really important, is unbelievers. Now, they may disagree with your theology. They might not believe there's a God, or that God exists. And they might believe they can kind of do whatever they can get away with. They might not, not like you, personally like you, but they should respect you because you're a person of integrity. I'm going to tell myself a little bit here. This goes back 38 years. I still remember this. I was working as a carpenter, and I was working with Melvin, but sometimes we, for a company, and Melvin and I would sometimes not be working together. And this day, I wasn't. I was working with two other guys, and these guys weren't Jesus followers, and they used to give me a hard time, and they would try and tell me dirty jokes, see what kind of response I would get, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, we're working at this house one day. Nobody's home, and there's this apple tree out in the yard. And so at lunchtime, I ate my lunch, and I picked an apple and ate it. You know what? They gave me a hard time the rest of the day about, hey, you stole that apple. That didn't belong to you. You didn't have permission to eat that apple. So unbelievers are watching you and I. So that's one reason we need to have integrity. Uh, another reason. You reap what you sow. And we understand this concept pretty well in agriculture. And we live in an agriculture area. The corn's coming up. It looks pretty healthy, most fields. The, the law is this. You reap what you sow. So if you, whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get. And the law also says you're going to get it later, and hopefully you're going to get more of it. So you plant a corn seed a month ago, and then a month from now, you hope to get a, a, a corn stalk, right? All right. So it's two months later, and you got a whole bunch, and there's a hundred kernels of corn. All right. 
Now, you can wish all you want that the corn you planted is going to make, give you tomatoes. Is it going to ever give you tomatoes? Never going to give you tomatoes. Because the law is the law, and you reap what you sow, and you reap it later, and you reap exactly, hopefully, more of. So it boils down to this. You get what you give, right? You give corn kernels, you get corn. So if you and I give dishonesty, if we give uh, stealing, if we give being untrustworthy, what do what are we going to get back? If you give being mean or unkind, what are you going to get back? Now, the great thing about this law is it works to our advantage also, right? If you're kind, what are you going to get back? Kindness. If you be a friend, you will be friended. So, it's a great law when we do it right. It's not so great when we mess up, is it? And... Maybe worst of all, it doesn't just affect you. I thought about these guys that broke into the church. I don't know if they have families or not. I don't know that much about them. But if they have families, their, spouse, these, the, their spouses and or kids are now without a dad or without a, without a husband, right? It doesn't affect just you. It affects the people in your family. Another question is this. Why, why, why would we even do this? Why would we steal? Why would we cheat? Why? I thought of three reasons why we do it. One is greed, simple greed. We want something for nothing. It's kind of a myth, but it's, it's something. That's why people gamble. They think they can get something for nothing. Uh, I don't understand why um, Sports Channel has these poker tournaments on. That's not sports to me. I guess they're just fill, trying to fill up time. But it's a myth that you can get something for nothing. Uh, it's depending on luck or pe- depending on faith. Now, What does God want you to, or who does God want you to trust or depend on? Him, not luck or not faith. The old adage is too good to be true. It's not true, right? So we steal because of greed. We steal because of laziness. I don't know why these guys broke into the church, but I'm assuming it's because they thought it was easy money, easier money than going out and working. So they're lazy. It was kind of a shortcut. Get something for nothing again. It's easier. Uh, they say you can't con a con man. You can't cheat an honest person. Don't know. But laziness. And this third one's a little disturbing, but it's, it's unfortunately true. We steal because of pride. We even have this expression, I got that for steal. What does that mean? You got something, you bought something from somebody else, and you knew the value was greater than they knew the value was, and so you were smarter than them, right? You're superior to them. There's a certain thrill to that. Well, you may be smarter or you may be, uh, think you're superior, but not superior in character, are you or I, if we do that? So there's some reasons why we steal. But what are some reasons, again, why we should be honest or value integrity? Well, thirdly, dishonesty damages our character. Again, Satan says, whispers, ah, nobody's going to know, you deserve it, uh, etc. And the Bible's described Jesus, uh, Satan as a thief, interestingly, who comes to kill and destroy. God, on the other hand, Jesus is described as the one who comes to give us life. 
So, you know, that little angel or devil on your shoulder type thing. You, we have this battle going on, right? Should I do what Jesus w- would want me to do or I should do what I want to do or this other side? Uh, and it's a constant battle you and all I have, right? We call it temptation. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any temptation. The thing is, though, when I listen to this side, I'm becoming more like that voice. I'm becoming more like Satan. And when I listen to God, I become more like God. So which is it that I want to become more like? And we make excuses. Let me just ask you if this is true. I, I can't get ahead or my business can't prosper if, I don't, if I'm not a little fudge, fudge some things. And I, I know Micah's a salesman. He could probably tell you this. Do you want to make one sale or do you want to have repeat customers? You want repeat customers, don't you? How do you have repeat customers? You give somebody an honest value or deal, right? So the best way to prosper is to be a person of integrity. And was this the last one? I'm not sure. But anyway, one more. I think we should be honest or have integrity because we will be rewarded. Now, it might be financially, but often not. Rewarded with a clear conscience. You can put your head on the pillow at night and go to sleep because you know you haven't cheated anybody of anything. If you're a Jesus follower, you believe you're going to be rewarded in eternity, uh, which is a lot longer than life here on earth. See, life is a test. Uh, it tests us in different ways. One way it tests us is with problems and trials. Another way is with temptation, the test of temptation. And, and money is a big test. And God's going to say, what do you value? Do you value uh, God and spiritual things? Do you value selfishness and, and pride and it's just for yourself? What's important to you? And those of us who are Jesus followers, one day we hope when we get to heaven, God will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You have lived with integrity. All right, we're going to look at a story about Jesus had an encounter with, with um, uh, a man that's going to teach us some things about integrity. We're going to let you see the video, or version of it anyway, and then we'll talk about it. stay in your house today. My house? You want to stay in his house. belongings to the poor and if I have cheated anyone I will pay him back four times as much 
And I don't believe it. A tax collector paying back his taxes. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Salvation has come to this house today. For this man also is a descendant of Abraham. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, so let's get the, go through the passage a little bit. Luke recorded this. There's a man there in Jericho named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region. He had become very rich. <clears throat> the Romans controlled Israel at this time. They were the conquering nation, and the way they financed that was to tax the people in the nations they conquered. And they taxed them pretty heavily, and the people couldn't do anything about it, of course. But how they carried it out was they would hire local people. In this case, they would hire Jews to collect the taxes from Jews. Zacchaeus was one of them. Of course, consequently, the people in the, t- in the towns, in this case Jericho, would hate the tax collector. Not only was they taking money from them, but they were considered traitors because they were working for the enemy. The Romans didn't care how much money they collected as long as they got their, what they, their share of taxes. So if they were going to tax you $100 a family, you know, Zacchaeus in this case could charge them $200. The Romans didn't care. The people didn't know. And this is how the tax collectors got very rich. So they were very rich, but they were the most hated people in town. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Uh, going Next slide, please. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Now, the Israelites had this kind of theology that, you know, if you're a good person, a holy person, and this person was a sinful person, you didn't get too close to them because it kind of rubbed off on you, kind of like cooties in the old days. Um, So you certainly wouldn't go to their house, right? That would be the last thing you'd want to do, the last place you'd want to go. So this kind of shocked everybody that this holy person, this Jesus guy, would invite himself to the most despised guy in town. In fact, he's described, I think, the next verse as the, a notorious, yeah, notorious sinner. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to, to his house in a great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Again, the last place they expected a holy man to go, Jesus to go, maybe wasn't so holy after all. This Jesus guy, because he went to Zacchaeus' house. Anyway, then go, moving on. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, notice this word, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. So all his life he had been taking, right? And now he's going to start giving. And Jesus is going to say, your outward actions reveal what's, what's inside you, in your heart, what you're really like or what you really think. So this is really important. <clears throat> and he says it in this next verse. Salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, a believer in God. <clears throat> 
He said, you know, I'm going to give to the poor and I'm going to pay back anybody I've cheated, which is probably a lot. Um, The interesting thing is we have no indication that Jesus told this guy to do this, right? He didn't say, oh, Zacchaeus, by the way, you've cheated people and you're a rich person, you should be helping the poor people. All we know is that Jesus treated him with love and respect, inviting himself to his home, showing, giving him that, that honor, and his response was to do this. And we all, in every society, in, in all our lives, there are people that people don't want to associate with. People that God loves and we need to love, just like Jesus loved Zacchaeus. And then he goes on, Jesus speaking, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. You know, we can say a lot of things about Jesus, why we came, what he did, his ministry. But here's how Jesus describes his ministry. To seek and to save the lost. And what does it mean by lost? It means we're separated from God. And Jesus came to reconnect us with God so we would not be lost. He came seeking us. He wants to save us or reconnect us with God uh, to, to save us from our sin, save us from Satan, and save us from ourselves, sometimes our worst enemy, right? Um, so let's finish up with this. How do we value integrity? So what should I do? Let me give you three things quickly. Make restitution. That's what Zacchaeus did. Said, I'm going to repay people I've cheated. And I suggest you do this. I did this. Go home and spend some time making a list. Go through your garage and find things and through your books and your DVDs or your cupboards and finding things that aren't yours. And not just about recently. You can go back. I won't be able to find this person. I took this apple from their tree. (laughs) But some of those things way back you can find. Uh, My mother-in-law just told me she had a book (laughs) from the Pratts who led our worship what, 20 years ago? And so she said, I need to send that back to them. They were actually here last anniversary. Make a list. And you're probably going to have to take some of these things back. You're going to have to replace some of these things maybe. You're going to have to send some packages. You need to maybe write some letters. It's like the guy sent $500 to the IRS and said, I felt guilty. I cheated on my taxes. Here's $500. If I still feel guilty, I'll send you the rest. But anyway, (laughs) you want to have a clear conscience. So find out, even if it wasn't deliberate, what you have that's not yours and return it. I'm trying to think where it is. I think Paul wrote this in Romans. We shouldn't owe anybody anything, right? No greater feeling to say, hey, I don't owe anybody anything. So make restitution when possible, if possible. Secondly, give God your, our full tithe. There's more promises about money in the Bible than almost anything else. And so if you guys go out again, if you go out to eat uh, <clears throat> this afternoon and you haven't paid your tithe, you're eating with stolen money. God says that. I don't say that. All right, you're paying this bill with stolen money. What we think, we, we think, we, well, I can't afford it or I can't get ahead unless I do this. And another argument is, well, tithe is in the Old Testament. And my response to that is, <laughs> we're under grace. Is our, our, our gratitude for grace less than our obligation was under the law? It should be greater. So, 
Give God your full tithe. And thirdly, earn an honest living. What do I mean by that? How do you do that? Well, those of you that are employed, think of it as God is your boss, no matter who writes your check. God is your boss. If I'm working for God, I want to get work eight hours for eight-hour pay. And this boss maybe not deserve it, but God, hey, I'm a person of integrity. I'm going to work uh, give you value. Now, it's interesting in the John writing in the end of the Bible, there's this verse that says, There's not going to be any thieves in heaven. Well, that's a problem then, isn't it? Because probably all of us have messed up in some of these areas, right? And so that's why we need a Savior to reconnect us to God, to give us forgiveness for these areas where we haven't had integrity and ask God to help us live a life of integrity in the future. Let's be a church that's 100% or 110% a life, living lives of integrity. Can we do that? Uh, we're finished for this morning. Hope you can join us next week. We'll talk about another one of these things to build families. But before I pray, I do want to honor somebody in our congregation. So Miguel, could you come forward, please? We don't get to do this too often, but uh, Miguel has graduated from high school, so let's give Miguel a hand. It was, the ceremony was Friday night, right? <laughs> so, so, great accomplishment, and we'll look forward to see what God does in your life in the future. What's your plan? College? Marines, all right. Defending our country. Good job. Thank you. All right, we have another graduate one of these days. Hopefully she'll be here and we can honor her also. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. It is an honor, a privilege to have uh, got to know Miguel and uh, him being a part of your family or the church family here as his years in high school. And we pray for him in his future. And we probably won't see him much as he goes off in the next stage of his life. We thank you for his family. I'm sure they'll miss him. Uh, but we'll love him and support him. I thank you that his family has given him uh, a solid foundation. And God, I pray for each person, each family here, that we'll see the value of integrity, that we'll take it seriously. We don't just let, just let things slide or, 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 or fudge things, God. But most importantly, because this is honoring to you. And it's important that other people see that we value what you value, God. And uh, we thank you for Jesus, who is our Savior, so we can be reconnected with you and not stay lost, but we can be found and invited into your family. Um, We thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen.